appreciate our Sunday school teachers so much. Praise the Lord. We are going to take a little time this morning, turn to 2 Kings 20. 2 Kings and uh, hallelujah. God is so good. Praise his name. Appreciate just everybody, the church family that God has blessed us with. And we are thankful for just everybody doing their part and so encouraging this morning. God certainly has been good to us. We're turning to 2 Kings 20 and uh, going to read one verse. I don't know how many are familiar with the context of this verse, but we're going to talk about it. A man named Hezekiah, and uh, he is saying something that out of context just sounds so great. But uh, And we want, to, we want to focus on some really great things that are happening in this. But Second uh, Kings 20, if you have it, say amen. Let's just take a word time for prayer, a little bit of time for prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you again for your presence here. Thank you for being such a great heavenly father, Lord. We know without you we have nothing. And, Lord, you have blessed us, God. You have blessed us with your kindness, your mercy, Lord, this great salvation. And you have blessed us, Lord, with this great church family that has helped us. And, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you just give us our ears to hear, hearts to receive, Lord, your word. And, Lord, help me just to be led by you and just that I would stay out of your way, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 2 Kings 20, just one verse, and you be seated. Verse 19, then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord, which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? God bless you. You can be seated. Um, I want to take a little bit of time uh, talking about Hezekiah. I want to make two points and to deal with a little bit before we get to the final third point that kind of incorporates this text. But Hezekiah really has a great reputation of being a great leader in, uh, in Israel, in, in the kingdom of Judah. And uh, he comes to power and wants to do God's will. He wants to take a a land that really there at that time there was so much idolatry and and really a backslidden condition amongst that kingdom and Hezekiah steps up and says I want to follow God. I want to be a godly leader. I want to lead this nation towards the things of God. If you'll read back a little bit from our text in chapter 18, 2 Kings 18, verse 5, it says that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. Isn't that a good thing for God to say? He says, for he clave to the Lord. He clave to the Lord. He just stuck to God like glue. He, he just tried his best to become one with the will of God and the plan of God for his life. And he departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord God, Lord commanded Moses. God says about Hezekiah that he was a, a, a man that, that drew near so close, got as close as he could to God. He claimed to his will to do his will, to obey him and to follow after him. What a great thing to be said about you. 
if you're going to see the blessings of God in your life, if you're going to see God work, and I, I know it'd kind of be silly to think any otherwise, but I, I would believe anybody that knows anything about God or believes anything about God would say, I'd like to be on his good side. I'd like to be blessed. Can I tell you how to be blessed? Get as close to God as you can. But what does that mean? Sometimes what it means, if you read through this chapter 18 and 19, if you look at what is being said about his actions, because, you know, we have the old cliche that actions speak louder than words. Amen. So it's easy to say, I want to be blessed. I want to serve God. I want God's uh, hand upon my life for good. But Hezekiah followed it up with action. And sometimes that's not so easy. Anybody find that out yet? Sometimes you're going to have to face difficult decisions. Sometimes you're going to have to do some things to follow God that aren't necessarily going to be popular uh, amongst those of your peers. Sometimes you're going to have to decide to, to follow him and obey him. Maybe against uh, what your own will would be. Right. To follow, we said it here recently, what Jesus prayed in the garden and his humanity. Nevertheless, right. not my will. It's going to be one of the hardest battles you ever face. Yes, Things where you say, I know this isn't best for me. I know this is dragging me down. I know this is holding me back. I know this is bringing, taking me down a path that I'm not going to like where I'm heading. But temptation can can get a grip on you. Talk some about uh, about depression and and some about addiction and 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 how sin can can get its trap, get you in its trap so often. But to be able to say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to look up and get help. I'm going to reach out to God and finally say, enough is enough. I need the blessings of God in my life. See, Hezekiah came into uh, leadership on the heels of bad leadership. Right. Now the temple was still there. People were still praising God per se. But see, the former leadership was a man named Ahaz. Right. And Ahaz took a trip into a neighboring country and, and, and was looking at some of their worship one day. And he saw their altar to their false god. And he said, that's pretty neat. I like that. That's kind of, that's pretty slick. And he, he got the plans and went back to the high priest and said, I want an altar like that. Forget about what God said. I know we've got an altar. We're going to take the altar that God prescribed for our worship, the altar that God gave the plans for and, and has been used uh, faithfully according to the word of the Lord and what he likes. We're going to put that somewhere else. We're not going to get rid of it. Oh, no. But we're going to move it out. We're going to put this new neater altar here. And, I, and I'm going to do some of my sacrifices here. But I'm still going to keep what God has. And we're still going to honor that. That's the kind of mentality that Hezekiah stepped into. You know, people that say, oh, you know what? I, I'm still serving God. But the majority of what their focus is really is about what they like and how they want to be accepted by the culture around them. You know, you're going to have to step away from that, take up a cross and follow Jesus. It takes a lot of courage. 
I'm not just talking to the men this morning, but thank God for godly men and, and we honor you, but it takes a lot of courage to say, I'm not going to be coerced by a culture that is ungodly and worry about a reputation that isn't going to take me anywhere, but I'm going to follow Jesus and see his blessing on my life. Amen. There is something else, another bold move that that Hezekiah took. See, um, something very rich in the history of the Israelites. And even Jesus mentions it when he comes and, and ministers how in the wilderness they were being judged for their their murmuring and complaining and and they're always looking back to Egypt always that idea of of you know what God's trying to call them out but they keep on looking at where they were and they need to forget about that amen and uh God sends those fiery serpents if you remember and and uh they're crying out to God and and the Lord says take a Make a, a serpent, the one, things that are destroying you, put it on a, a bronze or a brazen pole and, and set that in the middle of the camp. And if you've been bitten by these serpents of judgment, look to that image and, and uh, you'll live. And Jesus said, I'm going to take on your sin. Just like that brazen serpent, I'm going to become the embodiment of your sin and be lifted up. And you're going to look to me and live. It was a, it was a, a metaphor, if you will, a symbol of what Jesus would be becoming sin for us that we could be the righteousness of God. What a great swap. But that brazen serpent, somebody held on to that. Somebody kept it and said, this is great. God helped us with this. And they didn't recognize all the symbolism that it, it held, but they thought it was awesome. But after a while, somebody said, you know what? We ought to pray to that. We ought to bow to that. We ought to worship that. And Hezekiah stepped up and said, you know, that had at one time a great part of our history in it. But now you've turned it into something it was never intended to be. And the Bible says he called it Nehushtan. That just means it's just a piece of brass. That's not God. You can't look to that and, and, and worship it and pray. That was never the intention of that. And he destroys that piece of brass and. And I'm sure a lot of people ruffled their feathers. See, when you're going to follow Jesus, it's not going to be a, you're not going to win a popularity contest all the time. And it's kind of funny, really, when people think they're going to influence you and say, you know what, I'm going to make you feel bad because you're making this decision and I don't like it. And, you know, you'll get to a place where you say, you don't like it. I'm not really thrilled about it all the time either. But you know what? I'm just following Jesus. The old song says, take this whole world. But give me Jesus. Though none go with me, I still will follow. There comes times, if I can just take this point and, and, and make it here, that Hezekiah was honored in the word of God for being a good king because he was able to make tough decisions that, that were just, hey, I'm going to follow God's will. doesn't matter if we've done it this way all the time, uh, forever. I'm going to follow God. doesn't matter if everybody loves this. You know, that is so necessary for leadership today. To make difficult decisions. Decisions that say, you know what, I, uh, I, I don't know, this might be a tougher way, but I believe in the long run, it's going to be a better way because God's going to bless us. I know sometimes we're getting out of our comfort zone. I know a lot of times it's kind of become easy to get into a routine, but I see where this is leading me in a bad direction. 
Pastors need to recognize this. Amen. Families need to realize this. Sometimes it's not just, hey, everybody, cake and ice cream today. Hallelujah. Didn't we have it yesterday? Yes. (laughs) The heroes are not necessarily the ones that uh, are the people pleasers. But real courage. It takes real courage to be able to stand up and say, this isn't going to be popular, but you hold on. You see where it leads us. Amen. I've got an understanding of serving God. See, Hezekiah was a man like that. That was able to step in and say, you know what, I'm going to, uh, you know, that's why we need a prayer life. Yeah. Talk about Jesus in the garden, praying that prayer. That's what it takes a time to get on our knees and say, Lord, I crucify my will. Lord, I give you my heart. I know and I recognize if I follow my heart, it's going to be dis- just desperately wicked. It's going to deceive me. If I follow my my will, it's gonna gonna pull me down. And Lord, I know it's sometimes following God. It's it it, it can be a tough road and a lonely road. But oh, that's the road that God blesses. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you what happens after this? Uh, in uh, right after we see all these great changes happening in 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 Judah and this uh Hezekiah stepping up and saying hey we're going to serve God we're going to cut down idols we're going to take away the high places where they worship their false gods we're not going to just have everybody doing their own thing their own way and we're going to serve God the way he likes to be served right after that there was a battle i thank God i know a lot of people here they know exactly what i'm talking about I know we get it in our minds sometimes. I'm doing so good, it ought to be easy. Read your Bibles. That's not ever the case. Because when you start cleaning house, when you start taking care of business and saying, I'm not worried about uh, my own will, I'm certainly not worried about what people are going to think about me, but I'm going to follow God and it's good. Amen. That joy somebody spoke of, that strength that God puts in you. You feel yourself growing. You feel that blessing of God that's greater than just reputation. And all of a sudden the devil starts taking notice. Because you know what? You start getting blessed and you start being having strength in you. You're not going to be satisfied just holding on to that saying, oh, I feel so good. God's made me better and God's helped me be more than, than I ever could be. I'm, I finally have peace. I've never understood what peace was. I finally have joy. I finally have something, what I've been looking for all my life. I want to tell somebody about it. I want to tell somebody. I want to help somebody get what I've got. I want I want to help somebody else be free. I want to help somebody else have the strength that I've got. And the devil looks at you as a threat now. So he's not going to settle in and just let that go. You're going to face some trials. Don't you get scared. Don't. Hey, you're on the winning side. You were brought into this to fight and win battles. Don't be surprised. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy say, you know what? If you just settle down, I'll go easy on you. Oh, no, there's going to be a battle. But you know what Hezekiah did when the enemy started fighting him? How does he respond? Chapter 19, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. Excuse me. Came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it, he humbles himself. We talked about this, I think, last week. He rends his clothes. He takes that outer garment, that 
that that royalty and uh, a royal garment that he has, and he and he rips it to show forth a a, a, a humbling and a and an internal the struggle that he is. It says it covers himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. He prays, he humbles himself in prayer. He's a king. He is the commander in chief of the armies, but he knows where his real power lies. When you're fighting some battles. When you're up against the struggles that come against you, make the decision to get on your knees. Uh, maybe, maybe physically that's pretty tough for some of us. I don't know. But I'm, you, I'm talking about a humbling to find a place where we can call on God and say, God, without you, I'm sunk. Don't, don't be afraid to become weak in your own heart and in your own mind and say, I need the strength that only comes from God. Paul recognized that in his epistle to the the Corinthians. He says, when I'm weak, that's when I have strength. It's when I recognize that I can't, you know, like the old song says, can't even walk without you holding my hand. Hezekiah cried out to God and prayed and, and, and humbled himself and said, God, we need you. In a day when I know a lot of different things are are beating us down, a lot of different things we come against and and hurt us in a lot of different levels, don't ever respond by trying to get so tough externally that you have something to prove. You know, you can survive a lot, sure. You can toughen yourself up and stop caring, stop feeling. That's not faith. You can tack God in there somewhere, but you know what we really need if we're going to be strong in God is recognize where our strength comes from. Never once any of us, no matter how long you've been living for God, no matter what your position may be in serving God, it, no matter how many testimonies you have of, of God moving in your life, you got to hold on to the understanding that, hey, it's only because of God. A lot of people harden their hearts in trials and troubles. A lot of people, hey, life can really sting sometimes. Yeah. Life can really come at you and the battles that you face. You know, uh, nobody, somebody might have gone through something similar, but only you know how you're facing your trial. And sometimes, you know, I hear people say, well, I, I don't like to cry or I don't like to let on that something's going on or I don't like to ask for, listen to me. Pride has no place, and it fights all of us. There's going to be a time you need to reach out and say, I need prayer. I need help. There ought to be a a day goes by, like the old hymn says, I need the old, I need every hour, I need thee. Hezekiah did a great job in recognizing I might be king, and I might command armies, and I might be able to, to, to tell people, hey, this is where this stops, and we're going to start doing But right now, what I need is God. Don't ever, ever, ever go into battle 
without realizing it's God who's your strength. It's God who's the healer. It's God who's the deliverer. Amen. God may work through you to help somebody. It's God. To God be the glory. You might pray for somebody and, and God may heal them. Don't get your eyes on yourself. Like somehow, ooh, that hand is blessed. I use that to pray for somebody. That's not a healing hand. You serve a healing God. You're not a divine healer. He's a divine healer. Amen. You all, we always give the glory to God. Amen. Because without him, what will we be? You, we don't have anything we didn't receive. And to recognize that we got to fall on our face, that we recognize that we've got to cry out to God, to recognize that without God, we've got nothing. Don't, don't get too far away from that. Right. Stay right there. Yes, that, that secret place of the most high, yes. that, that place where you recognize that God is your shelter. God is your helper. God is your strong tower. Yes. Amen. Yes. You're going to face battles. Right. Don't ever think that you're called to fight that. Be tough enough or strong enough in yourself. Be strong in the Lord yes. and in the power of his might, his strength. That's where our strength comes from. It's okay that you feel weak. Amen. It's okay that you feel. You you know what? That's probably the smartest thing you've said all day. I'm so weak, God. But don't just go on in weakness. Let God be your strength. But I want to get to this final point. Well, let me let me show you what happens with uh, with this sickness before we go any farther. And uh, we drop down to uh, well, drop down to Acts or Second Kings twenty. I'm sorry. Because he's hit with another battle. Not only is the enemy fighting, but he's also hit with a battle of sickness. He's, uh, the Bible says he, he, well, let's read it in chapter 20, verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah was sick unto death. Prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. He got through one battle, now he's fighting a different kind of battle. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember how I've walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. Now, I would say this prayer wouldn't be too impressive to me if he was telling somebody else this, but he's crying out to God and saying, God, I served you with everything I know how to serve you with. And I've done that which is good in thy sight. Hezekiah wept sore. He humbles himself. The Bible says he turns his face to the wall and starts praying to God and telling him, Lord, there's any way you can touch me and heal me. I've done my best to serve you. Came to pass, says in verse 4, For Isaiah was gone out in the middle of the court, the word of the Lord came to him against him, saying, Turn again. Tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I've heard thy prayer. I've seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And on the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. I will add... Under thy days, 15 years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. He's still praying. He's still crying out to God. He's still trusting God. God's so good. God's so good. He'll be your strength. He'll be your help. But something between these last battles and our, our text... Something, something changed. See, he wins the battle. He gets his healing. And 
He's given 15 more years. So he, we could say at the, he's kind of coming down across to the final stretch of his life. The Bible says that in, uh, in uh, Acts, or I keep saying Acts, Second Kings, praise the Lord, chapter 20. It talks about the king of Babylon. Verse 12, 2 Kings 20. At that time, Barodak Baladan, son of Baladan. Wow, that sounds like a bad guy. <laughs> he sends letters and a present to Hezekiah because he heard he was sick. Hezekiah who we see has a reputation knowing how to humble himself, knowing how to lean on God, knowing how to cry out to God. At this point, the enemy hears of what God has done. Hey, people are going to hear about God working in your life. That's the point. Amen. It's not just about what God's doing for you, but what he's going to do through you. See, God's got a bigger plan than you just getting your miracle, right. your healing. Yes, God wants some of your family that's been criticizing the Bible, criticizing the ways of God, looking at it, trying to pull it apart and prove it wrong. God's going to do something in you to show them, hey, this is real. This is great. I need to learn more about this. He's got a whole plan orchestrated to get you in a place to shine your light and have a testimony of his goodness and get them. What you don't see is where they are in their lives. Where now at the right time, they're going to be ready. They're looking for an answer. They're, God is orchestrating this that they can, they, they can finally stop fighting and listen and pay attention to what you're going through. But for some reason, pride pops up. In the life of Hezekiah. Be careful. Be careful. Baradak Baladan writes him a letter, sends him a gift. I hear good things are happening. And Hezekiah says, come on over to my house. I want to show you how good I'm doing. Takes him through the treasury, takes him through the palace and begins to show off just how blessed he really is. But he's not giving God the glory. He's kind of sunk down into a place where now it's about me and who I am. He's shown him all the great things that have done. Talking about, I'm sure, victories over battles. and, And what a great leader he is. Wow. Then all of a sudden, the preacher shows up, the prophet, and says, who Who is just here? Oh, well, you know, king of Babylon. Why? Our enemies? The ones that hate us? The ones that are fighting against us? What were you doing? Just showing them how rich I am. Showing them all my toys and all my luxuries and just kind of, how much did you show him? I showed him everything. I was just showing him how good things are going right now. I mean, trying to be a good guy, I guess. And Isaiah says, oh, no, oh, no, 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 that's not, that's not the plan of God. 
We're here to give victory. We're here to shine for his glory. We're here to overcome the enemy, not to join forces and brag about how maybe be better than the Joneses. Look at look at my riches compared to your riches kind of thing. And he says, there's going to come a time where he where Babylon comes in and takes every bit of it. You messed up. You messed up. You you bragging and full of pride when you should. But you should be giving glory to God. You should be giving God the honor and, and, and lifting him up. But he makes. He makes a comment. He says, listen, Hezekiah, God's been good. God is a merciful God. God is kind and he sees everything you've done to this point. Judgment is coming. But he's going to go easy on you. He's going to give you some some peace in your days. But I'm telling you, generations to come, they're going to inherit some problems because you weren't willing to fight some battles. They're going to inherit some problems because of your pride. Because you refuse to honor God and win every battle. Now your children are going to come in to some things that you should have won. You should have overcome. The Bible says, thy sons that shall issue from thee, which shall, thou shalt beget, shall, they shall take away and shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And here's our text. And Hezekiah said unto, then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, good is the word of the Lord, which is spoken. And he said, is it not good that peace and truth be in my days? I want to just take a few more minutes to talk about this sad blot on the story of Hezekiah and say, God, help us to realize it's not all about us and our reputation. When I, when Isaiah came and said, listen, trouble's coming. God's going to be merciful to you, but there's going to be problems in the family, problems in this kingdom because of what you have set up. Rather than overcome, they're going to have to fight some battles. And he said, well, as long as I've got peace, I guess that's pretty good, right? And he didn't weep and cry and say, God, help me to fight this battle and win it for my kids. I want to tell you in a day that we live in today, don't ever... Stop understanding that we do have a legacy. Some of you fathers, but others that that maybe maybe God hasn't brought you into a place where you have a family right now. But but you have a a, a, such an important place in the kingdom of God that there are others there. There are battles you can fight. Sister Ashley, thank God she shared with us some of the, the the. just devastating tragedy that she has faced and comes through it and says, you know what? I want to help somebody else. It's not just that I came through it, but maybe I can help somebody else who's facing those same battles, those same struggles. Maybe I can help somebody else realize that, that the hopelessness that might make you toy with the idea of suicide is not, not the path you want to take. And I can be that friend to them. How many others of us can say, you know what, God, it's not just about me. It's not just about me having all the the best toys and the the fun things that I can do. I'm not against uh, things as long as they're not leading us and ruling over us. But really, our focus needs to be on God. How can I make an impact on my family that's going to outlive me? 
I know Jesus is coming, but we don't live our lives thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm just going to bunker down and shirk all my responsibilities and throw my hands up and say, "Okay, God, are you coming today? No, I'm going to work and carry a burden and have a vision as if he's not coming again for another thousand years. God, help me be able to live a life that impacts others. Hezekiah, in your pride, you somehow lost your responsibility to others. To your own family, to your own children, to make decisions that's going to help them be better. See, you can. Your children are going to have to make their own choices. But you know what? I want to make it, give, set them up the best way I can for success and not failure. Amen? I can make decisions that show them that if they don't choose God... If they'd make their choice to go a different path, I want to live my life in a way that they know how to get back to the path. Amen? I want to give them an example on how they can be have victory. I don't want to give them excuses. I want to give them opportunities. Not only my children, but anybody else that I can come in contact with. Anybody else that God puts me around them. I want them to, I want to fight my battles and have a burden that is bigger than my own comfort zone. Hezekiah, why don't you care about the next generation? Hezekiah, why don't you weep for those that are going to face battle? Why don't you start working now so that they can have a better chance at what you're messing up? Oh no. Oh no. We need to have a better vision than that. We need to look at the world we live in and see all of its sin, all of its confusion, all of its battles, and say, God, I want to take responsibility for what I can affect. I want to be able to be that one that shines hope when people feel like it's all gone. I want to be that one that shines and says, you know what, you can be more because, hey, I didn't get here myself. Amen? I I know not everybody's going to say, I need that, but I want them to to remember, hey, God is working in this generation. Hezekiah, you need to humble yourself again. Hezekiah, you ought to get down and turn your face to the wall one more time and start to weep and say, God, I want to start building. You know, David had a heart like that. Let me just close with David because what what a great example. He wanted to build a temple. Remember that? He had brought victory, fought so many battles, and then he goes and says, God, I want to I start building a temple. You've got this tent, this tabernacle. I want to build a temple. I want to put it right in Jerusalem. I want it to be something so magnificent that when people come and worship you and, uh, and the prophet says, good deal. Yes, that sounds great. And then the prophet, uh, God talked to him and said, no, no, go back there and talk to him. He's shed so much blood, and in my plan... He's going to he, he's he's going to have a son that's going to come into the peace that you you fought for. And he's going to build that temple. And that's going to be Solomon. And so David says, OK, thank God David could put, be a man enough to be able to hear. No, right. it's not for you. Amen. He's all excited. I want to do something for God. He says, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. It's for your son. And David said, you know what? That's all right. What I'm going to do is spend the next years of my life 
building up resources, stockpiling gold and brass and lumber. I'm going to do everything I can to help him come into a situation that will be blessed and will be overcome. I'll fight every battle. I'll bring peace around him. I'll do everything I can to set him up for the blessings and success of his life and his ministry. When we can have a vision that's past what me, myself, and what God wants from God wants to use you to bless others. God wants to use you to set up others to, to be blessed. And everything he's done in you has a purpose. Amen. Amen. It's bigger than just you saying, hey, I'm so blessed today. Yes, you are. And just you standing up saying that I think is a great because you're blessing other people saying, you know, I want some of that too. Yeah. I want to be blessed. I, maybe if I, if I trust God and I pray. God's got a plan. Sadly, Hezekiah didn't understand that. But today I want to talk to folks that have made some tough decisions. Men and women today that have, have said following God is not going to be easy, but I'm going, to, I'm going to make the right decisions. I'm going to pay the price and I'm going to take up my cross. And Not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody. Some people are going to say, I lost my mind, but I'm, I want what God's got for me. You're going to face some battles. Maybe you already have. Face them with God. Face them with God. Don't get hardened in, in your heart and, and think you can just be a survivor. Thrive. Overcome. Lean on God and let him be your strength. And when you get victory and when you have, are blessed, give God glory every chance you get. Because there's others that need what God has done in your life. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Oh, help us, God. I hope God can open up our understanding to just how much bigger his plan so often is than what we ever consider. Sadly, we live in that day. I think somebody testified about that. Lovers of their own selves, more than lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Really just qualities of an end time generation that the Bible prophesies about. But when we come to the house of God and say, how can I, how can I be a strength? How can I be a blessing to some that haven't had the blessings that I've had yet? God's been so good to me. How can I be an example of that? Maybe in my neighborhood or in my job, not never. God, help us never. puff ourselves up like we've done something for ourselves. No. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. I know we're living in a day when it just seems like people lack inspiration. They lack all kind of motivation. We see it how sad it is when God says there's so much more to what you've created to be. So much more to what God has made you to be, but oh, hallelujah. If we can just shine that light, if we can be an example of God's 
saving power, God's victory in our lives. Somebody's, somebody's going to wake up. Somebody's going to see. I'm tired, tired of going, living this life so beat down, so, so lost, so empty. I know, I know I'm on this earth for more. That somebody could be inspired. That somebody could reach up, reach out for God because of your testimony, because of the light that you shine. Somebody could say, I'm tired of an old life. And I'm looking for something worth living. Come on, let's find a place to pray and say, ask God to help us to get a hold of that vision. This is my desire. Oh, yes, God, help us, Lord.
Christian, it's not God's will that we sit here and say, I'm so blessed as long as I feel right, as long as I'm doing okay. Jesus said, go into all the world. Oh, hallelujah. Go into all the world. Shine your light. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I don't ever want to just get through a day say, as long as I'm okay, that's all that matters. As long as it's peace in my time, I'm be fine. Well, people are all around us so lost. Oh, help us, God. Help us, God. Who knows, maybe God's setting up an opportunity for you to share with somebody who's now finally just so tired of how they're living, so tired of being empty and lost. Hallelujah. God's going to work and use you. When you show them the riches of a life lived for God, that He gets all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand and just thank you, Lord. Thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. Thank you, Lord, for being so kind. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us and giving us victory, giving us healing. Help us never to be proud, God, in our own ways. Lord, you said, whosoever shall humble themselves shall be exalted. But if we exalt ourselves, we'll be abased. You said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. God, help us, Lord, to to take what you've given us and use it for your glory. Lord, we love you. Open up those doors, God. Shine the light, Lord, that we might make a difference. Bless your people now, I pray, God. Lead us, Lord. Guide us, Lord. Let us be aware of those around us that we can shine our light to and make a difference. God, bless your people now. Keep us safe as we travel. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.